do something with me, you guys. Take a deep breath in and let it out. That was more for me than you guys. No, I'm, I'm in awe, honestly, of, of what God has done through the social media. Even just this morning, um, if you guys were listening to the words, uh, both the songs and worship, but then all, also just the tangents that Dre was going off in, the Holy Spirit's real. He's here. God is real. And you're going to see exactly why, because this is going to tie in directly to the worship today. Um, God is good. And uh, let's just pray real quick. Heavenly Father, we just thank you that you are here with us. We thank you for your son, Jesus, and what you've done in our place on the cross and being raised to life, that we can live with you. Lord, you raise us up. You bring us to where you are in the heavenly places. And we thank you, Lord, that you never leave us nor forsake us. Your love, your grace, your mercy, everything that you are in your presence is always available to us. Holy Spirit, we invite you right now. Just have your way. Use me, Lord. Speak to all of us here in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. All right. Anybody in the crowd ever feel in life like you're stuck, like you're trying to get ahead in any area of your life, and it's just like you're hitting a block all the time? Anybody ever feel that way? Yes, I'm sure we all have. Uh, ever feel like you are just so stressed out that you can't even just get a break? You ever feel like you're just failing at life when all you want to do is succeed? Or maybe you felt depressed and you're just hoping that one day you can wake up and just feel some joy. Anybody ever feel like that? Anybody ever just want me to stop asking some questions? <laughs> yes, I think so. But no, to all these questions, what does the world tell us? What's, what's the world giving us for an answer? You know, we might hear some things like, well, just go to the doctor. They're going to give you a medication for that depression, for that anxiety. They're going to give you some meds for that problem. Or maybe uh, read this book. It's got 100,000 ways to better yourself, right? As if there's not enough of those out there. Or maybe you see a, a nice sticker uh, to put on the back of your car or on a water bottle now these days, and it helps remind you to live your best life, right? You only live once. Follow your heart. Believe in yourself. Do what makes you happy. Honestly, is anybody feeling better right now? I don't think so. Anybody see a problem with these solutions that the world's trying to give us? Did you guys know that just last year alone, around 100,000 people died from prescription medication? Wow. Just last year, only in the US. We're not even talking about the world. Just last year, 50,000 people in the US again committed suicide. Maybe the world isn't giving us a very good solution to our problems, right? And when we follow our heart or our emotions, it's destructive. The Bible says that the heart is deceitful. It's polluted. It's wicked. I think God maybe knows a little bit something more about our heart 
than what we know. So maybe it's a good idea not to follow that then. Just tossing it out there. Maybe don't follow your heart. Don't listen to what the world's giving you. Maybe let's come to God with our problems. All he wants for you is, is the best in life. And only joy, peace, love, comfort can come from him and him alone. You see, society tells you to rise up. And that's the sermon title today, Rise Up. Society tells you to rise up and be a better version of yourself without the help of God. You see, when we take God out of the situation or the circumstance and we end up succeeding, that's actually worse because now those people that have actually gotten through their issues without the help of God, they feel like they don't need him. They feel like they don't need his help. I was able to do this all on my own, all in my own strength. I read that one book that told me 100,000 ways to better myself, and it worked. This is dangerous, people. God knows what's best for us. He's just trying to protect us from ourselves at the end of the day, right? You see, we need to stop trying to live our own ways. We need to stop trying to figure things out on our own. Listen to our heart. Listen to our own thoughts. We need to give up our ways and get to God's ways. We need to look to him for help in every situation of our life. So what does the Bible say about becoming the best version of yourself? Number one, humble yourself. Don't go up, go down. You got to humble yourself. And if you try to exalt yourself, then you're still going to get humbled. So we might as well just be the ones to humble ourselves instead of trying to exalt ourselves and then still be humbled at the end of the day, right? Number two, we must also serve. That was in worship. Serve. Jesus said, if anyone wants to be great among you, they must first be your servant. That doesn't sound like fun. You first need to humble yourself and then serve. Because if you can put yourself in that position, it's going to be a lot easier to serve others and please God all at the same time. Lastly, you got to die. Did he just say die? Yes. You got to die to yourself. What does that mean? It means that we surrender. We give up. And we quit living our lives the way that we want to and stop doing the things that just please ourselves. It means we quit thinking the way that we did when we fell into depression, when we got angry, or when we let stress and fear overtake our thoughts. We give up and we die to those ways, the ways that the world taught us to be, the way that the world taught us to live, be, think, and act. Let's go to our first verse, Colossians 3, verse 1 through 3. It says, if then you were raised with Christ, seek those things which are above, where Christ is, sitting at the right hand of God. 
Set your mind on things above, not on things of the earth. For you died. There it is. And your life is hidden with Christ in God. So you got to die in order to be in Christ. You have to let go of your ways and say yes to God's ways. And when you do that and you believe on Jesus and what he's done for you, and we're going to get into that in a second, then you are raised with Christ. Let's back this up a little bit. Let's go to Ephesians 2, verse 4 through 6. It says, But God, who is rich in mercy, because of his great love with which he loved us. It's talking about Jesus. He sent Jesus to die in our place. Even when we were dead in our trespasses, even when we didn't even care about God, he still did it for us. He made us alive together with Christ. By grace, you have been saved. What that means is you can't work enough good deeds in your life to be in right standing with God and to have heaven as your home. It's simply a gift. By grace, you have been saved and raised us up together and made us sit together in the heavenly places with Jesus Christ. Made us. So number one, you die to yourself, you believe on Jesus, and then your life is hidden with him and automatically you are seated in heavenly places in him. You didn't have to do anything except just say yes. God, I surrender. I humble myself. I give myself to you and I die to my old ways. That's it. We clearly have a position spiritually in Christ when we die to ourselves. We should be looking to Jesus and the example of his life. Jesus came to serve. And the way he served was he gave sight to the blind, made cripples walk, he healed the sick, opened deaf ears, and he raised the dead. Jesus didn't come in all of his glory and majesty to be served. Think about that. The creator of all of us, the entire universe, with his position, did not come to be served, but rather to serve came to serve. And we don't use this position spiritually also to think of ourselves highly, but rather we make it our effort to serve others and to die to ourselves continually. That's going to be a daily job on our behalf. It takes effort, but as long as you just put your effort into yes, saying yes to God, he's going to be able to exalt you. He's going to be able to strengthen you. He's going to be able to show you how to do things in life. There was one Saturday that my wife and I, we were having quiet time. And this year, I've specifically been focusing on strength. There's been a lot of things going on. Just opened up a new business, praise God. And I knew that with that, I was going to need to focus on God's strength. As we're in quiet time and I'm writing down my verses, all of a sudden, the Holy Spirit gives me a vision, simply like a daydream. In this vision, I saw an old, frail woman, and I saw a huge, strong man, 
bluff. And they were both picking up a weight off the ground. What does that look like to us? Frail old woman, huge strong man. It's, it's no surprise that the woman's going to lift up a smaller weight and the strong man's going to be lifting up this huge weight, right? But God gave me the understanding. He said they're both trying their hardest. They're both putting 100% effort into lifting that weight. No matter what we think in the natural realm, what matters is our effort. God didn't call you to be of your own strength. He didn't call you to take the weight of the world and try to do everything by yourself. He just called you to give some effort. And when you step out in faith and you give him your effort, it doesn't matter the number of the weight. His strength and power is going to be evident in your life. But maybe you're saying, Chris, I've been giving my effort. I've been humbling myself. I've been serving as best as I can. I feel like I'm dying to my, myself daily. I feel like I'm constantly speaking against the old ways that try to come back up in my life. So what? What am I supposed to do? Like you're feeling a little overwhelmed. Like you don't have anything more to give. And I, myself, was in that position in 2021. I felt I had been a believer for five years already. I felt like I was giving all that I had to God and living that life of humility, serving, and dying to myself daily. In 2021, sorry, 2020, I opened up my own business. I separated myself from where I was at before and took a leap of faith. In the middle of COVID, August 2020, opened up my business. And it was a little slow at first, but I kept praying kept standing on the word of God, kept just going to work, just kept serving. In six months, I was so busy, my schedule was filled up for two, sometimes three weeks in advance. And I had other people working with me. I was, I was feeling blessed. That's a great situation, right? Amen, brother. Great situation. Super big blessing from God. But because the blessing was flowing, God's goodness was flowing, there was some opposition coming from the enemy. You see, when God gives you a blessing, the enemy is going to try to come in and make you busy with it. Get your mind fully wrapped around that blessing. I got to do this. I got to do this. I got to go take care of that one thing. I got to do some of this. Oh, man, I forgot to call that person. I forgot to... You just become so frantic. All you can think about is what's going on right in front of you. But God wants you to just step back. Just let him do a little bit of work. But you see, I completely became one of those busy bodies. And I remember I was talking to my wife on the phone one morning. And I was just, just going off all over the place. And her first response was, I've never heard you like this before. 
That was truly the first time since becoming a Christian in 2016 where I was burnt out completely. It's not like I stopped believing in God. It's not like I still had worship playing in my car on the way to work. It's not like I stopped coming to church. It's not like I stopped having fellowship with other believers. But I was burnt out. I had nothing else to give. I was so stressed out to the point of tears. But nothing's wrong. Fully busy at work. Everything provided for. The problem was, I wasn't spending time intimately with the Lord. I wasn't submitting myself to his presence on a daily basis. As soon as I woke up, it was constantly just a busy body mind think in every which direction until as I think about two weeks I lasted being burnt out that was the worst two weeks of I can't say of my life but definitely since becoming a Christian and I was here on a Sunday in worship and I was just flesh beat I was so tired I'm so tired man help me And then all of a sudden, here comes a vision. Again, like a daydream. This one was super vivid, though, like a dream, but I'm awake. In this vision, I'm stuck under this big piece of stone, and I'm hunched over like this. And the shape of the stone was here, here, and back down. And I'm trying to fit inside this little stone box here. And all of a sudden, in my vision, there's someone standing in front of me. This is completely open right here. And the understanding was that that was Jesus. And so then I was trying to get up. I was like, I got to get to Jesus. Got to get up. Got to go. I could have just stepped out. But I was stuck. Like I couldn't move at all. And then finally, in my trying to get out of that stone box, I just gave up. Lord, I'm just trying to come to you. And then Jesus puts his hand underneath that stone. Just lifts it. Super light. Big old strong man couldn't have even lifted this. Just comes in. Whoop, lifts it up. And then it's thrown off of me. And then I'm just able to run. And I hug Jesus. I'm just holding him super tight. And I'm just crying. Oh, my goodness, his love, his grace, his mercy, his comfort. I could feel it all at the same time. And I'm just holding on to Jesus like a little koala bear, just like this. And then in the vision, as I'm in that position, just hanging on to him, he starts to walk. I'm just holding him. Don't care. Don't care where we're going. (laughs) Just hanging on. And then he stops, and I get off. And then there's this huddle that I get into. Jesus is on my right side. Father God is on the left. And I'm here in between them. And we're just like this. And I had the understanding at the time, because the first thought that came through my mind, where's the Holy Spirit? You guys know? He's in me. We completed that circle. 
God wants you to be in that circle with him. You bring the Holy Spirit, Father, Jesus, and you all at the same time. And we stayed in this huddle for a long time. And then all of a sudden, Jesus turns me around and he points. And he points back to that little stone box. Because now it was little. Like this big. And he tells me, you placed yourself there. You put yourself in that box by the way that you were thinking, the things that you were doing on the daily basis, not coming to me. And I felt super bad because I had left God out of the equation, even though he was the one that blessed me to be in that situation. So as I'm crying like a six foot three, 220 pound baby over here, <laughs> the vision ends and I just say, Lord, I'm done. I surrender. I'm tired of doing things my own way. I give up. Forgive me. Forgive me, Lord, for not coming to you every single day. You see, we have an opportunity on the daily basis, literally every second of every day, to come to God. His presence is always right here. And so we have the opportunity and the blessing to just come and take of what he has for us. So let's look at how Jesus now humbled himself, served, and even died to himself. This verse isn't on the slides, but it's in Luke 22, verse 42 through 44. We're going to start at the Garden of Gethsemane and the Mount of Olives. Jesus is praying. He's about to be handed over to the Jewish people, and then the Romans die, go to the cross. But we're going to start here in the garden because this is where we see Jesus doing these very acts, humbling himself. He says, Father, if it is your will, please take this cup from me. Jesus knew what was about to happen. He was asking the Father if there was, by chance, another way. Because he knew the sin of the world needed to be paid through his body. He says, take this, if, if it is your will, please take this cup from me. Nevertheless, not my will, but yours be done. Humbling himself unto God in his will, even though he felt like, I don't want to do this. Lord, can we please come up with another solution? Can we please find another way? This is going to hurt. It was when he humbled himself, then it says next verse, then an angel appeared to him from heaven and strengthened him. You see, when you humble yourself unto God, then his strength can come to you. If you try to do it on your own, and exalt yourself, you're going to fall super hard. And then it says, Jesus being in agony, he prayed more earnestly. 
Then his sweat became, became like drops of blood falling to the ground. You know, there is this scientific phenomenon. It's very rare. I'm going to make sure I pronounce this right. It's called hematidrosis. And what happens in hematidrosis is that you have these small blood vessels around your sweat glands. And when someone is so stressed out, so anxious, in agony, anguish, what happens is those blood vessels constrict, and then they dilate quickly, and then they burst. And when they burst, that blood seeps into the sweat gland, and then you start to sweat, both sweat and blood. So Jesus being in that place, no wonder why he was asking God, is there another way? He knows what you're feeling. He's felt it at its worst. Have you ever sweat blood? I don't think any of us have. But we've been stressed out. The devil's been trying to come into our mind and make us busybodies. Only Jesus knows how bad it can really be. In the Gospel of Matthew, Jesus says, my soul is overwhelmed with the sorrow to the point of death. He knew what was about to happen. He knew he was about to die the worst possible death. But why? Why did Jesus have to die like this? Why did it have to be so bad? The answer is sin. That word sin, basically separation from God. The only way we know how bad sin really is, is by looking at the death of Jesus. No other way. If he's taken on the sin of the world to know exactly how bad sin is, we look to what Jesus did. So what next? Jesus is praying. Guards come, take him, goes to the Jewish people. The Jewish people then hand him over to the Romans. And they say, crucify him, crucify him. The Romans try to give him back. But the religious folks said, no, crucify him. And so the Roman, Pontius Pilate, washes his hand. His, his blood's not on my hands. That's what that meant. And then he sent him to be scorched or flogged. What that is, is the Romans made this torture device. It's a whip with nine different tails and at the end of each one, there's metal and sharp pieces of bone. It was meant to rip flesh. It was meant to literally get all the way down to your bone, break bones, break ribs. And sometimes they say that even people's organs were showing. Again, sin is this bad. And we're not even done yet. So Jesus, the Bible says that he was unrecognizable as a man. They beat him so bad that you couldn't even tell that that was a man on his face. King David in the book of Psalms prophetically says, I look my bones, they look and stare at me. Jesus' bones were literally showing. 
and then his face was totally unrecognizable. But why? Why? Because that's how bad sin is. He needed to be able to take the, the price of our sin upon him. And so then what happens? They then put a cross on his back. And he has to carry that cross about a mile. Elevation of about 100, 200 feet. You see, the Romans called flogging what happened to him on the whipping post with the cat of nine tails, the half death. The reason why they called it the half death is because the person, if they didn't die right there, which most of them did, they were going to die. Not, not by crucifixion. If you just let them be, they were just going to pass because of simply the amount of blood that was lost. And even if they did happen to survive, which usually didn't happen, they were extremely weak that all they could do was just sleep for days, weeks, in order to recover. So Jesus goes through that same thing. And then they put a cross, a wooden cross. This was estimated to weigh about 200 to 300 pounds, depending on the cut of the height. And he's dragging this cross for a mile, being in that weakened state. His effort was there to pay the price of our sin, but God's strength supernaturally allowed him to go through what would have killed him and then still keep carrying the cross because he had to do all of it supernaturally. There's no way his flesh could have done that. He even fell down multiple times. And then even the Romans said, sir, come and help him. He's like, I don't want to help him. He's like, nope, come and help him. Literally, they pulled a guy out of the crowd watching to help Jesus carry the cross. And so finally, he gets up to the top of the mountain. And they nail him to the cross. And then as he's raised up, he's there alive still somehow. We know. It's supernaturally, it's God's strength that is still allowing him to be there. And he doesn't stop his ministry. He doesn't stop loving others. He even cries out to God, says, Father, forgive them that are doing this to me, for they don't know what they're doing. Do you think you could really forgive in that moment? And yet we say, what they did to me was unforgivable. Come on. He's still saying, forgive them. He's still showing his love. And he doesn't stop there. The criminal right next to him. says, Lord, I believe. I believe in you. You're up here and you didn't do anything. We actually deserve this. I believe. And Jesus turns to him and says, you will be with me today in paradise. Thankfully, it doesn't stop there. Being the ultimate act of humility and dying in our place, God raised him from the dead. 
He was raised up with the same power of the Holy Spirit that lives in you. Again, when you humble yourself, then you experience the strength. Then you get to experience God's power in your life. The same power, again, that raised Jesus from the dead. So can we really not say yes to God? Can we really not humble ourselves? Can we really not serve others the way that Jesus served? Can we really not forgive the way that Jesus forgave us and even forgave the people that were killing him? Can we really not rise up and just be who Jesus has called us to be? His death and resurrection deserves our response. Don't just be sitting here in vain and say, nah, wasn't for me. I don't feel like I need it. I was able to rise up on my own. His death deserves the response. His death deserves us to rise up and humble, to rise up and serve, to rise up and die to ourselves daily. Can we really not give that back to God? In John 15, Jesus tells the disciples that apart from me, you can do nothing. That's an interesting phrase right there. Jesus tells his disciples, apart from me, you can do nothing. Lord, how does that make sense? I could still go get married. I could still have kids. I could still go to work. I could still do my daily living. Nothing. I can't do anything. That doesn't make sense. If you choose to do things on your own and go of your own strength, everything that you do is simply just here on earth. There's nothing of any eternal value. There's no legacy that you're going to be living for the kingdom of God. It's for yourself and it's going to die with you. Jesus says that so that then you can understand that when you humble yourself and you start to have a relationship with him, then everything that you do, you have an opportunity to involve God in that. And then it has value. You cannot save yourself. You can't do enough good deeds to save yourself. If I asked you, if you died right now, would you go to heaven? Can you, without a shadow of a doubt, say that, yes, I'm going there? I know a lot of us can. But if you can't, then I just encourage you. Just look inside and just ask yourself, is what Jesus did for me on the cross enough for me to come to him? and give my life to him, to die to myself, so that then I can be raised up where he is seated in heavenly places. Being a good person doesn't get you to heaven, unfortunately. 
and every good deed that you do without Jesus is nothing. Let's have everybody stand to your feet. Go ahead and just close your eyes. Just bow your head. Lord, I just thank you, Holy Spirit, that you're here in a powerful way. That you're here in a way that is tangible. Thank you, Father, for sending your one and only Son to die in our place. Thank you, Jesus, that you submitted yourself to the Father in everything that you did. And that you were able to go through and do what you did being whipped, being hung on a cross for our sakes. Thank you, Jesus. And thank you, Jesus, that you raised from the dead and that you went to the Father and you sent us, the Holy Spirit, the same spirit and power that raised you from the dead. Thank you, Father, for the opportunity at hand today. In the mighty name of Jesus, Holy Spirit, I just pray that you fall on everybody right now. <laughs> that everybody here knows that it's you, this feeling that they have inside their spirit, their soul and their body is from you, that you're speaking to them in the mighty name of Jesus. Yes, Lord. I'm speaking to you guys now in the crowd. Maybe you've never given your life to Jesus. Maybe you've never heard Jesus in this capacity before. And you're willing to rise up and say yes. And humble yourself before God. And say, I believe. Maybe that's your first time ever doing that. If you want to make that decision today. And say yes to God and submit yourself to him and, and die to yourself and take upon his life in you. Just raise your hand. We'll pray a simple prayer. This is between you and God. If you want to make that decision, you want to make Jesus your Lord and Savior, just raise your hand. And that decision is between you and God. Maybe one time many years ago, you did pray that prayer. You did make that decision. But maybe you tried living on your own in whichever capacity that looks like. Maybe you've been separating yourself from God. And you want to come back to him. And you want to rededicate your life to him. We're going to pray that prayer of rededication. If that's you, just raise your hand wherever you're at. All eyes closed. 
is between you and God in that recommitment of living a life worthy of the Lord because of what he did for you. Maybe you've already been a Christian for many years and you want to receive more of him. There's more. It's called the Holy Spirit. See, Jesus said that he will baptize you with the Holy Spirit in fire. No man's baptizing you. When you believe, you're baptized by the Holy Spirit into Christ, and then you can do a water baptism to show that you've made that decision, but then there's more. Jesus wants to baptize you with his Holy Spirit. And when that happens, the evidence that it has taken place is that you're going to start speaking in tongues. You're going to be filled with the Holy Spirit to overflowing. And you're going to have a heavenly language that allows you to pray in the Spirit. You do not know what you say, but you are edifying yourself. You are building yourself up in faith. And you are praying the perfect will of God. If that's you and you want to make that decision today, raise your hand. That decision is between you and God, and we're going to pray for you. Could I have the ministry team come up front, please? If you're making a decision for any reason, any one of those three reasons, you want to give your life to Christ, you want to rededicate, or you want the Holy Spirit, you want more of God, we're going to be up here in front, and we will pray for you. If you need prayer for anything else, you need healing in your body, you need someone to stand in agreement with you over a situation, a family member, whatever it is, please come up and have us pray for you. And in closing prayer, I just say thank you, Father, that your will is being done. We submit ourselves to you and all of that you have for us. I thank you, Lord, that as we step out in faith and we say yes to you and we give of you our effort, that your strength is able to come in to any situation that we're facing. I pray a blessing over everybody here right now in Jesus' name that the Holy Spirit is going to help us. He's going to comfort us. He's going to be able to rise up within us and help us to forgive, to love, to serve, and to continually die to ourselves on a daily basis. We ask for your wisdom, Lord, in every situation. And we thank you that your strength is evident from this day forth. In Jesus' name, amen. Please come up for prayer if you guys need it.